Welcome to the Barrel Chat Podcast, where we provide an unfiltered look into the craft beer industry from the untrained palates of two dumbass outsiders. I am Matthew Muncy, and as always, I am joined by Dustin Wood. Dustin, what are we doing today? Well, right now, we're sitting inside of Moontown's awesome like event space here. It's their 1903, I think, uh, building. 1913? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're in the like event space here, what used to be the basketball court for this uh, gymnasium. Enjoying a market. It's called the Moontown Market, and it's the very first go-round of a Sunday market inside of Moontown Brewing. They've got, right now, eight vendors here. We have... Music outside, new beer drops, which we're going to talk about. We have Kevin Groover and friends next door uh, doing out here having a pint sometime today as well. And we're going to have Bobby come chat with us for a little bit. Bobby's one of the owners here at Moontown. Talk to us about the beers, talk to us about the event, where it came from, you know, kind of everything. So on site, which is new-ish for us again. Yeah, it's definitely been quite a while since we've done something like this they invited us up they wanted to um, have us come and taste the beers obviously they dropped three new beers and uh, like you said this was the first of their market series and so they kind of wanted to help get the word out and we're all about that trying to um, educate and entertain stealing that from uh, jake query of uh 1070 1070 the fan Educate any, and for, entertain. Yep, All right. that is that is what uh, that is his motto for their um, the Kevin and Query morning sports show is uh, to educate and entertain, and I really like that, so I am stealing it for our show. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. So today we have three different beers. Uh, they tapped MT Kolsch. Not sure if that is Mount Kolsch, Moontown Kolsch. We are unsure what the MT stands for. Yeah, that's M-T, as in like capital M, capital T, not empty. And then uh, we have a uh, Viennese Mouth Music, which is their Vienna Lager. And Mounds, which is part of their Pints for Parks series. It's a hazy, juicy IPA with Citra, Mosaic, and Strata Hops. I'm a huge fan of the idea of these Pints for Hops beers, um, be, or P- Pints for Parks beers, sorry, because it's a unique approach to help these parks that need as much help as possible. Because it's like donations and shit for the most part that they get funded with. So are they named, because I've not followed along with this series, are they named after the park itself? I'm not entirely sure. What's the name be- of this one again? Mounds. Um, uh, is Mounds a park here? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. So uh, I'm pretty sure it's the one I... Oh, no, that's in Anderson. I've been to Mounds before, though. I feel like that's that's definitely one I've I've gone to. So that would make sense. It says Ninth Park, yep. 1930. So naming it after the, the state park itself makes a lot of sense. Actually... Mounds State Park is located off of I-69 east of Anderson. It features 10 unique earthwork built by prehistoric Indians known as Anita Hopewell people. Uh, So it's apparently near Anderson. Uh, It's pretty dope looking. Um, I think we drive by it all the time whenever I go visit family in Muncie. So we'll have to stop, check it out. 
we like hiking, we like kayaking, we like doing things that parks provide. So definitely go check that out. Um, again, that's Mounds State Park. It's in Madison County, Indiana at 4306 Mounds Road, Anderson, Indiana. So this episode, don't really have a, a, a flow for it quite necessarily. Um, as we're, you know, Bobby's working today too. So be able to pull him whenever we can. But we'll at least start with the beers first since that's, you know, that's really what we're about here. The first one is that uh, the MT Kolsch, Mount Kolsch, whatever we want to call it here. And their description says, We loved our Kolsch spring mill so much we wanted to make another one for this year. A different take this time, brewed with Weyermann Brewing Malt type cologne and a hint of unmalted white wheat attenuated to crisp perfection with the help of the classic cologne strain. Uber clean, delicately balanced by noble hops, and that nice subtle fruitiness you expect from the style. Damn it, it says cologne, and now I taste cologne. <laughs> like, not in a bad way. I said when I first tried it, it tasted dry. Like, super dry on the finish. But I think that's basically coming from that malt. I think it's coming from the, like, the richness of that malt. I guess I could see that. It's got an ABV of four and a half and 25 IBUs. Uh, so I pulled up the old, good old BJCP here and just to go over the overall impression. So we at least kind of know what, what we're tasting, what to kind of expect. We're looking at a subtle, brilliantly clear pale beer with a delicate balance of malt, fruit, and hop character, moderate bitterness, and well-attenuated but soft finish. Freshness makes a huge difference with this beer, as the delicate character can fade quickly with age. So we can obviously start with appearance here. Uh, clear, pale beer. It's pretty clear. I do think uh, potentially it's a little hazier than a lot of the other, like, Pilsners or uh, Kolsch's that we've had. Uh, and it might be coming down to the hops. As simple as that. It also may be, hey, I know these guys like dank beer, so adding a little bit of dankness to their beer is a little different than a traditional style, but it hits all the traditional notes in color and clearance. Because a, a Kolsch is usually kind of paler than this, right? A little bit lighter in color, yeah. My my assumption would be the malt, whatever the, the malt change is. Probably did some of that. But it's still clean, beautifully brewed, holding a head in the little uh, sampler glasses here that we're working on the rim. Well, in the head that when they first poured it, it was a beautiful head. Got a nice photo of that, so you'll be able to see that on, on Instagram and stuff, but they all three beers poured poured beautifully, so they're well packed with CO2. Poured by Bobby himself. <laughs> Don't have to worry <laughs> about uh, any of that nonsense that we've ran into uh, with cans and stuff. Um, so then for aroma and, and flavor, we're looking for a balance of malt, fruit, and hop character. I would, I would definitely say aroma-wise, it, it definitely smells like a Kolsch. It smells like a German wheat yep. beer. Very German-inspired in the, on, the, the, on the nose. So you definitely, you definitely get all that. And then what do you get for flavor? Because, again, we're looking for, you know, a balance of malt, fruit, and hop character. 
lightly bready, some honey notes. Yeah, so it's quite honey forward in the middle, uh, I, like as you're drinking it. It almost comes off a little like heffy uh, to an extent. Like there's a little bit of like heffy, like cloviness to it. And that could very well be come from the malt slash the, probably the honey. I don't know if there's actually honey in this beer, but it is a super dry finish. It reminds me of the Brut IPAs when they were released. It's got that like ridiculously champagne y finish. You did kind of nail it with the, um, the Hefeweizen feel kind of taste notes to it. Now it has been a it has been quite a while since I've had a Kolsch. So to be honest, I don't exactly remember like what they taste like. What's that big difference between like that and a Hefeweizen? So they may share some characteristics. Yeah, this tastes almost like a a light version of a Hef. So it's like Hef light. Yeah. Yeah, you're or Hefe drinking Hefeweizens. Yeah, that is kind of how I feel about this too. But I, I do like this. This is it's very clean. Oh, it's very <laughs> clean. Um nice quality to it. The you can tell that they they took their time to make it. You know, we had this discussion on our last episode uh with the three phases of phase 3 Imperial Coffee Porter where we sort of discussed how you can tell quality beer over Stuff that just gets rushed through, especially when you sit down and have draft. Yep. Because most people who are putting it in cans, you know, they, they've got that down. You're getting basically the same quality of beer every single time. But when you go to a tap room, that's not always necessarily true. Yeah, especially and, for people that don't distro or distro small amounts. Yeah, it's, you know, hey, this, this just didn't hit, especially when they're making new stuff. It feels like a lot of places, if they're making the same beer over and over, they get that down pretty quickly. You get that routine going, and it's it seems to be pretty hard to mess those up. But once they start making new stuff, it gets rushed. You know, things kind of fail in the plan, because obviously nothing's perfect. It is what it is. But this one, it feels like something that they've definitely done a lot, uh, even though I know it's new and that and they had some different ingredients they've obviously made kolsches they do an oktoberfest every year so yeah the, the style is nothing new to them yeah the clean german styles are not new to them here they are award-winning german style brewers um as we're sitting here looking at their banners that are hanging in the open air space here oh like, shit i didn't even notice that we have that's awesome world beer cup gold award for german style marzen we have Great American Beer Fest, Bach, third place. There's a Pilsner, got third place. There's, uh, let's see, I can't see those up. Moontown was the small brewery of the year. Cody, the brewer, was the brewery of the year. Another Bach and Moonlight, which is a lager. So, yeah, um, German-style brewery, true to style, for the most part, or as clean as possible. So time does go into it. A ton of love goes into it. And I know that Cody is very intent on staying as true to style, but adding his flair to the beer. That is a really nice touch to this place. Especially since we're in a basketball gymnasium. Right? They have, you know, basically banners that you would it's see. It's like retired in like, jerseys. Yep, in a high school or something for winning, you know, championships and things. And you can tell those are all custom made. 
for whenever they win stuff. That's that's a nice touch. That's really well done. I like when places, uh, especially when you're in a unique building, kind of play up to that building and, and do some cool stuff around it. Yeah, it still looks like a basketball court in here. I mean, legit, the, the freaking lines are still on the floor. Yeah. Yep. Like, we can see we're sitting on the out-of-bounds line. <laughs> so that's cool. But those those banners alone, to me, speak volumes about why this beer does taste like it's made with the amount of love and the amount of care and a scientific approach as opposed to let's just throw shit at the wall and see what happens. Yep. And we know that the brewers got a lot of experience, especially with German-style beers. And that was a big thing when they first opened back in the day. I can't remember how long they've been open at this point. Jeez, it's been a while. 20, we were here for opening weekend. 2017, 2018, somewhere around there oh. is what I would guess. But they've been doing this a while. They're all still together. It's the same brewer knocking it out. So they've they've not gone through turnover like some places. Um, you know, they, they have, you can tell that they have their shit together. That's the best way to put it. They're making good beers. They were created in 2011. I assume that's the homebrew yeah, Moontown because we, they were winning Moontown, like homebrews and shit. I was going to say, we were not yeah. podcasting in 2011. <laughs> so. I was not working with Matt at Bottoms Up by 2011. Nope. So I think it was like 16, give or take, whenever we came for that. 16, 17 would be my guess. Yeah. Um, but they have been around for a while. Bobby and Cody have been working together for a while as well as homebrewers and, you know, winning competitions. We met them and drank their beer at a homebrew competition. I don't remember where. Oh, but I don't remember that. Because we had their uh, clone of KBS, which is Dark Side of the Moon now, which is their uh, breakfast app. Oh. So it's like their rendition of KBS. I wish I could remember shit like that. My brain, my brain does not work that way. But I, I can spout random NBA knowledge. <laughs> I can't do that. No. So I, I can do that, but, you know, shit that's actually important in my life, uh, I can't. My wife hates that with a passion. I've told you this 14 yep. times. I know that, but... I'm still going to ask you what we're doing tomorrow, even if you tell me today. <laughs> if I if I maintain that in my brain, then how do I remember, you know, that Reggie Miller was the 11th pick? <laughs> or, you know, that, that the Pacers in, in 19... I think it was 80, traded their 1984 first-round pick to the Trailblazers for a, a center named Tom Owens who lasted half a season, and that 1984 pick turned out to be the second pick in the NBA draft, uh, which, um, for those who may not know, was the year that Michael Jordan went number three. <laughs> yep. Imagine Jordan and Reggie. Well, we wouldn't have had Reggie. Yeah, because you would have picked – because he came in right after Jordan, right? Uh, he was 88. He was about four years later. But, you know, how am I supposed to remember stuff like that? <laughs> you got to clear your head of that stuff. <laughs> filling it with other things, like trying to remember when we drank with people and where we drank it at and everything. My brain just don't work like that, unfortunately. Mine only does about certain things. Um, ask me something like, hey, you know, uh, what are you doing in two weeks? <laughs> Shit, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, no, this is clean. Super, like, super drinkable. I would take a four-pack home of it. So, to me, that speaks high volumes. Like, that's kind of as high of a praise as you can say is I would take this home and drink it again. I really like this. This is this is what, when I, you know, I've been kind of spouting now for a few episodes about uh, 
you know, starting to do more, drink more of the base styles. Um, you know, what I post on Instagram is not base styles because I don't have any of that at home and I got to get through my ungodly amount of beer. And that's not what the algorithm wants. Yeah, before I really start uh, adding more to it because I don't want that all to go bad on me since I spent way too much money on that. But I like this. This is one thing I really like about Moontown is that they do make a lot of base style stuff. They do they do go out and make some crazier things. They're big on uh, juicy, hazy IPAs that they do well. But those are even pretty true to style, so mm-hmm. to say. I mean, they're not making your, like, raspberry-fruited, hazy IPAs. They're, like, true hop-forward very juicy versions of that style. And to me, that's still technically a base beer because it's not a, it's not a base IPA, but it is a base now New England style IPA that is actually in the fucking gu- side gu- style guidelines. Yeah. Well, and the last time we were here was for their event where they had all the barrel-aged yep. beers. And so, you know, they they had it was like eight barrel-aged beers, so you know, they uh they don't rest on their laurels. They they push the envelope too, but you know, at the same point they they brew what they know. Well they and also brew beers that would get drank by the local people here too. We're in like small Whitestown. Yeah. That is I mean it's not as small as like where Copacetic is or anything like that, but it's like uh, Yeah, it's probably pretty probably not that far dissimilar though. Yeah, but I mean we have we're closer to Civilization, for lack of better terms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. people can drive here. Probably a fewer easier. kids walking around with machetes. Yeah, probably. Um, probably less Mercules in the lake and stuff like that. Yeah. But it is still a bunch of people who are going to want a, a Miller Light or you know a, a Coors Light or something like that, or at least enjoy it. And then they make all these styles. That if somebody comes in and says, "Hey, I like Miller Light." What do you have? They have four styles on tap right now that you could be like, yep, here you go. Well, I mean, because sitting right here, the board that I can read, there is uh, a cream ale, a Kolsch, a lager, a Vienna lager, a bohemian-style pilsner, and a Hefeweizen. Yeah. Like, right there is, you know, most of your boomer crowd, essentially, you know, if you if you want to go that route. There's six That's, beers that you would drink, like, for sure. Yeah, that— that anybody who is a, you know, quote-unquote not craft beer drinker is easily going to drink and be like, oh, okay, these are these are good. Because they're, they're not crazy. They're not wild. They're not off the wall. There's not a bunch of stuff in them. They're just better, not better versions, but like more craft-forward versions. They yep. highlight the ingredients a little bit more than the things that they would be drinking right And there now. might be some better ingredients. Yeah. higher quality, like you yep. know, things like that, as we're sitting and looking at uh, country malt bags right now. And then, you know, on top of that, they have a quad, a juicy, I think it says juicy, hazy pale ale, a juicy, hazy IPA. Oh, yeah, that's uh, Raiders of the Lost Haze. That's the beer they did with, uh, oh, the Flicks. Oh. Which there's a case of, or a pack of it in there that I might go buy. Uh, And then Mounds, which is a juicy, hazy IPA. And then Into the Void, a robust porter, which I know is very good. So... You know, they do all their German style or, you know, Pilsner, lagering kind of things. And then, you know, they still get a little crazy with it, too. So I like that. So uh, before we hop into this next beer, we can kind of, we did, we did kind of a once around 
with the vendors. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what every single one of these are about. Um, you know, you can look at some stuff, but uh, I didn't. We didn't sit down and just have conversations with people. I'm going to try and flag one or two of them down sometime, maybe, and grab like, hey, what's it like to be at like a first event? You know, what was interesting to you about this? But we did go through and at least touch base with all of them. Um, and I have a variety of business cards here. Um, so we have a lady that I believe is making like little bags and little gifties. It's called JJ Bows, B-O-W-E-S, and Crafts. Is that um, the lady here with the pink tablecloth? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, those are kind of cool. Yeah, it's um, like little handmade gifties and cool, like, uh, I'm guessing there's hair bows and things like that there. Um, I was going to say, it looks like some, like, big boutique kind of things from what I can see, but I'm assuming there's also smaller stuff. And the thing that uh, drew Matt's attention when he first walked in was uh, Big Belly brand belly rubbing good rubs. Um, yeah, Big Belly. Oh, okay. So it just says on there Big Belly rubs, and then there's Big Belly brand. So, uh, yeah, they just make, uh, I think it's like five, I think it's five different rubs. Um, you know, 11 bucks a piece and stuff. I, I tried one of them. It tasted pretty good. Yeah, it, it, the the logo's cool. I like the little rendition yeah, of the dude. They've, um, they have good branding. Yeah, they have, I, I can't sit here and say I I know if any of this stuff is 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 actually good. I don't really understand sometimes what the difference is with a lot of the rubs. Um, I kind of there's a few that I get um, just because I know that I like them when I I cook hamburgers or you know using the smoker to cook like pork belly, uh, do a lot of wings, a lot of chicken thighs, stuff like that. So I have a few that I know that I like. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if I'd get any of theirs based on what I normally like, but that's not, you know, they have an all purpose, which is usually pretty easy. Um, like that's, that's one that you could get and use on basically everything. Those are usually pretty good. (laughs) Um, but I would be curious to know, like, how do you go about making, you know, these rubs and stuff, and how do you make it different from everybody else? Yeah, how do you I, make yourself stand out? I mean, to me, what they're doing right now to make themselves stand out is at least branding. Yep. They branded it nicely. Yeah, they have a good brand. It stands out. It's unique enough that I would remember it if I was to be mm-hmm. a consumer. Yeah. I, don't, I don't smoke right now. I mean, I don't smoke my meats right now. Um, so I just don't have, I, you know, I use them for regular cooking, but I have so many spices in my house that it's like... <laughs> My wife would stab me if I came home with yeah. more. I'm kind of a one one or two bottles of of rub, spice rub kind of guy. Um, I've seen people, you know, on the cooking forums, and it's just like they have an entire, uh, you know, spice rack dedicated to it. And I'm just like, I could see that, but I don't do it enough. And usually the bot, like if I bought bottles that size, like, their, their size bottles are pretty good. Yeah, that's because like, it's not a ton. Um, it's like a week. Where, I mean, depending on what you're using it for, it's a smaller yeah. bottle. It's but they're uh, they've got a good traction here. It seems yeah. like they've got a decent following here, and um, they're literally right in front of us. That's why it's a lot easier to kind of talk about them than the other. But they are made in Fortville, Indiana, so where Taxman Fortville is. Oh, nice. um, so that's cool. Pretty close to where Matt and I are. 
Um, their socials for Facebook is at Big Belly Rubs with an S. And then their Instagram is at Big Belly Rub with no S. Um, so I wonder why they don't have that. <laughs> so we started with the Kolsch. Um, we, we gave sort of our renditions, or reviews and stuff, yeah. but we'll, we'd love to just, one, hear mm-hmm. what sparked it, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, also, what does, is it MT for Moontown? It is for Moontown. Okay. I'll tell you a little <laughs> bit of that, about, about that, a really clever name. Um, so this is the second Colts we've done. The first we did was one of our Pints for Parks beers, which you're, you guys have mounds in front of you, too, the ninth of the Pints for Parks beers. Um, but we just did a really traditional Colts that time, and this one is, too. Um, but it's just a, it's just a standard Kolsch. Uh, and we, Cody and I talk about all the time. You're like, if you went to Cologne, Germany, er, almost every brewery you went there would have their own, a little bit different version of a Kolsch. So the first one we did is like what you would find at at the liquor store. If you got a Kolsch from somewhere, just a really classic one. This one, we got, uh, Weyermann Cologne malt, straight, straight from Weyermann, um, used Kolsch yeast, um, that would traditionally be used there, but we found that the Cologne malt gave it a little bit darker appearance yep. appearance than you would get uh, in your, like, again, your, your everyday colts. But it still has that, like, clean, crisp flavor, a little bit of fruity um, ale characteristics. Generally, with colts, you people call out, like, light pear. Um, I get a little bit of that, but really, for me, there, there's a nice malt character to this one, um, which which comes through more so than I would say... Uh, and other Kolsch's. So really, um, Kolsch is a hybrid beer, so brewed with ale yeast, lagered like a lager for a really long time. So they can drink like ales or lagers. This one really drinks like a nice, clean lager to me. So Um, it was interesting. We actually both pointed out, hey, this looks darker. My guess is it was the the malt that was used. Yes, and that was, again... um, we're we're cool with it, but it was unexpected. <laughs> yeah, so. I was like, wow, that's a little darker than yeah, I anticipated. Sure. But uh, it it is a very to me, it's a dry finishing Kolsch, which I enjoy. I agree. Yeah. Um, which would be more like the lo- kind of like lager side. Yep. yep. So it's not got that like f- super heavy fruiter fru- fruity esters or anything like that yep. that you would get from some of the traditional ones here. For sure. Um, what also was interesting to me was the 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 specifics that you guys use to make it more traditional. Mm-hmm. We talked pretty heavily about, Hey, he knows what he's doing when it comes to the like German yeah. style beers. Um, yeah. So this is like a nice rendition of a mm-hmm. German style beer, but with like a moon town twist. Totally. Yeah. And we, um, we do, yes, a lot of German beer and German styles, but we really, like I said, this is the second coal. So we don't do much Kolsch at all, but we really like the style. So we want to, we, we definitely want to make more of them. Do you so. think it'll be sticking around, or will it be super limited, and should people um, come? This like, will be limited, yeah. Okay. Um, this will just be this batch for this year, and probably if we do another Kolsch, it'll be next year, 2024. So this will, this will be it for this year. Okay, so if you're um, Kolsch fans, definitely uh, make the trip as quickly as possible because I'm guessing it won't hang around for a very long time. And, uh, yeah, I would for sure. And this time of year, it's perfect for a Kolsch, but, uh, and Oktoberfest coming up. you got yep. the German, German beer, so... Um, the other thing, the name, the clever MT Kolsch name, um, came from the, hopefully we don't get a cease and desist, but FC Köln, the Bundesliga, uh, soccer team, they're a tier one Bundesliga team. They're called FC Köln. And we made the exact, like not exact, the logo from their, their team is, is like a famous, I think a church in Cologne, Germany with a goat standing up next to it. Nice. So we took an old steeple from the. 
uh, Moontown Elementary School that used to be here with a panther standing up onto it. So awesome. nice. same colors, same look. Um, you know, we got some soccer fans here for, you know, so we, yeah, we went with that. It's really, it's a really cool logo. Uh, shirts for that logo would be dope. Yes, that would be they, great. I agree. They would. Uh, uh little, uh, rough go of the soccer world today for America, but that's true. okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> At least it was a fun game. Yeah. I didn't see any. What time did they play? Like, like 5 a.m. Really, or something? Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch the whole game. I just caught the PKs at the end. Um, Watch Rapino miss a PK. Mm, the hell, Rapino. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, why don't you guys do Kolsch more? Because I'm actually a bit surprised by that. Because it seems like you guys do a good amount of German style. Nice. It definitely looks like a soccer logo. German yeah, style so beers and lagers like and stuff. So, <laughs> what keeps you from doing the Kolsch? Um, that's a good question. There's not a real like definitive reason, but I'd say. I'd say the main reason is we we stick to our cream ale, which is also a hybrid beer. It's like the American, uh, I don't want to say Coles, they're different styles, but they're both hybrid beers and drink kind of similar. So we just focus more on our cream ale. It's an ale. Um, so there's that too. Like we do a lot of lagers here, and so that takes up a lot of time and space. Um, so when you're doing these hybrid beers, like you basically have to treat them like another lager. Yeah. Um, so that... That's probably the reason we haven't done it. We just do so many other styles, you know, and and there's just limited time and space, unfortunately. But <laughs> not enough time in the day and not enough space in the brewery. I know, is always yeah. the problem. Yep. But time, time to expand, right? Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, <laughs> there's all kinds of breweries that are going out. We'd love to see you get closer to Indy or Fishers or something yeah, like that. I too. think we would like that too. So. Uh, but uh, what really makes me think Kolsch like. Does it not sell as well as a lager because the name Kolsch doesn't ring with uh, the, like, drinkers that are your, like, my dad and Matt's dad? Drinkers? Yeah, I would, I, you know, the first batch we did, no, it sold fantastic, actually. <laughs> um, so not, it has not, hopefully it doesn't happen with this beer, but um, no, that hasn't been an issue. Huh. But I would totally think, yes, that... People don't necessarily identify it unless you really know beer. Yep. Uh, especially German and European beer, you may not know what a Kolsch is, and you may be like, oh, "I'll just have your King of Troy because it's a lager." Because it says lager. Next Even to though this will drink just as clean and crisp yep. and easy as that, you know what I mean? But just a just a conversation we tend to at least see whenever yeah. it comes to smaller towns and For smaller sure. places. You guys at least are close enough to Indy that you're not. Like Sean at Copacetic, where he's just in the middle of nowhere right. with a bunch of people. They're like, I need a bush light. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, we get that a lot, too. You know, <laughs> We still are in Boone County, so yeah. we got Whitestown and Lebanon and all that, all that fun stuff. But, you know, five years in, we've been slowly educating the, the, the people around us. So. I send people up here all the time, so I'm a big fan. If I lived closer, I'd probably be a, a, a frequent, but uh, Fishers to here is a bit of a jaunt. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> A lot of stoplights on the way. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the market, the Moontown market. Where did that idea come from? It, this, We've said it's the first. This is the first one of these, or is it just the first uh, Sunday? Because I remember reading it's the first Sunday of the month. It's the first Sunday of the month, so it's not the first one. Okay. Um, but it's this is the first year we've done it. So I think we the first okay. one was in uh, April or May was the first one this year. Um, and it's, it's just something new we wanted to do. Um, you know, we, we, we love being a local business and we just wanted to find other local vendors and, 
artisans or, or whoever that's just wanting to uh, sell their product and get it out there. We've yeah. had some big ones. We've had some smaller ones. And um, this one, not as many vendors, but we did do this this uh, tapping today with three beers. And we've been we've been very busy. I actually just came out of the kitchen for the first time today. I was, I was back there expoing <laughs> our kitchen. So um, we're just trying to get creative every time we do something different. We have a band outside on the north patio. So if you went out there, I, I think that patio is pretty full, too. Or I, I just sent a ton of food out there. So Nice. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, again, we, we, we do a ton of um, private events in here in this room and concerts and stuff. But on days where we don't have anything going on, we just we try to find things to just continue to be part of the community, but also just bring people in, you know, so... Well, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a cool. huge space that it's if you're not using it for a private event, it's just wasted space at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So use it right. for something. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just went over and bought a piece of glass for my uh, tobacco pipe here. So, you know, there's they we this is like 10 vendors. We've had 20 in here. Um, we're actually in November. We're um, we're getting a like a third party that puts on these like big. Uh, like markets and stuff so we're we're excited for that one it'll be like cool. a black friday you know post thanksgiving christmas market type deal so you gonna do a big black friday beer probably yeah yeah <laughs> yeah always got new beers coming so so next one in line here um is the vn and the vienna lager um yep. walk us through that what makes it special what yeah. makes it unique um and then we'll talk about like drinking we love this beer we do it once a year um it's called viennese mouth music um this is a traditional vienna lager um vienna lagers were essentially german lagers but it was uh, made by a guy named An- anton dreyer he was the first uh brewer to make vienna lager in vienna austria um, these got really popular, though, because German and Austrian immigrants brought these beers to Mexico. So these are the first Mexican lagers is really what they are. So we call it um, our, our logo has like a Mexican uh, landscape. And then it's got four Austrian composers. So like your Beethoven's and Mozart's and all them They're Austria was big in, on music back then. So that's why it's called Viennese mouth music. Um, okay. That's where the name comes from. Um, got the logo pulled up there, but yeah, it's just, it's a very traditional Vienna lager and it goes fantastic with the lime. Like we don't fruit our beers here ever. We don't put fruit in any beers. We, we don't put limes in our hat or lemon in our half or anything like that. But if people ask for it, we, we certainly give it to them. Um, but this one has become like cult favorite and like everyone gets it with the lime. So, and I agree totally. It's great. It's totally good. Delicious with one, but, um, yeah, this actually drinks kind of similar to this Kolsch. It's got similar malt in it, so it, it does. It's it's a little similar, but there's a to me there's a huge difference on the finish. This finish is juicy is not the right word, but like it has a refreshing just like finish. It's it like I yeah. Don't know, my I mean, brain the, doesn't the, the malt is the is the key here. So, but I I I really enjoy this. This is one that. Uh, I always say this for really good loggers or really good pilsners is I would take it kayaking. And to me, that's a high praise because yeah. this is a great kayak beer because yeah. it's, it's not outside kill hiking, me, but it's, anything like that. It's yeah. still not, I'm drinking a craft local beer mm-hmm. and I enjoy that. And I can tell that it was created with more love than some of the other ones around. Yeah. But yeah. it, it, it is a light drinkable beer. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Every, every ounce of it. 
So I did pull up the uh, BJCP for a Vienna lager. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a moderate strength amber lager, which I think definitely you get that sweetness, that kind of caramel definitely. notes to it. Uh, soft, smooth maltiness, definitely there. Moderate bitterness, yet finishing relatively dry. Uh, malt flavors clean, bready rich, and somewhat toasty, mm-hmm. which I definitely get the toastiness out of this. Yeah, yeah. This is bready malt, toasty malt, um, definitely. it's There's noble hops in it, you know, so it's – it's again. It's a it's a Vienna lager. They were made in Austria, but these are these are really German lagers too. Yeah, so. you said lime, and it, I literally taste like a small hint of lime just in the beer. So yeah. I think if you were to put it in there, it would make it. It accentuates it for yeah. sure. If you guys get another one or, or come back or whatever, get get a lime in it because it's it's great. I mean, I <laughs> I'm I'm usually one of the first people to be like, no, you don't need fruit in your beer or anything like that. But this one, I'm like. Almost every time I drink it, I put lime in it. So. There are some beers that you have to have fruit in because you can't drink it otherwise. Right. Look at you, Corona. But. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, you know, and those those Mexican lagers became really light, you know, mass-produced beers. Yep. But these are what you'd find in a, a craft brewery in Mexico or even, like, Negra Modelo, yep. um, Dos Equis, Amber, any of those. Those are Vienna lagers. Yep. That's what uh, those are. I was going to say, this does remind me of some of the like mm-hmm. uh, Mexican lagers that are from Mexico. Because yes. I've done a few trips to Mexico, yeah. and it's entirely different. Because yeah. you don't oh, yeah. drink a Corona when you're there. Yep, <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, and this, like, American versions would be uh, Yingling is a Vienna lager. And, like, Sam Adams Boston lager. That's a, that's a Vienna lager as well. Still even after the change? <laughs> I can't say anything about that because I have not tried it since the change. So I haven't either. I've heard mixed reviews, but uh, yeah. I need to try it myself. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I've heard it's pretty similar, but who knows? I know the original, though, was a Vienna lager. I mean, I'm sure it still is. They may have just changed, like, the malt profile probably, or something yeah. like that. They probably lightened it up to make it cheaper so they could make <laughs> more money. You know, I, that's just what I would imagine. So Hey, Sam would never do that. <laughs> no way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the year, or this is the time of year for these kind of beers. You know, it's it's the end of summer, but it's still very. It'll stay warm, you know, through October, yeah. damn near. So this feels a lot like a Marzen to an extent. Like, yeah, it, it's got it, the it very does similar have like, maltiness to it. Absolutely, um, it does. A Marzen would be rich. These flavors would be richer, you yep. know. But that's yes. This is like a lighter Oktoberfest or Marzen for sure. Marzen light. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I would. I could get with that. <laughs> Do you think you guys will continue the trend of doing some special, you know, quote unquote special release beers on the same day as the market to try and help get more we would people like to. in the door? Yeah, we'd like to because and we tried them. We did them at, like when we first opened and, and got away from them. Um, but this is great because we, you know, we took a chance with this today and it's it's been really good. So um, just from what I've seen today, yeah, we'd love to we'd love to keep doing it. How do you guys go about in um, kind of today's world with marketing? I was thinking Mm -hmm. about this on the way up here because what I see is that most marketing seems to be social media based. Mm -hmm. But as someone like me who doesn't really use social media like a ton, um, specifically like Facebook, I know that's the main driver. Yeah. Like I don't know. I didn't know that these things existed. So then it's almost like it has to be a word of mouth to even reach me. So how do you guys go about trying to do marketing to get people to these events? Because obviously, you know, if there's no one here, then you're not really going to get vendors to come back if they don't feel like it's worth their time or money. Yeah. 
Um, that's a great question. Uh, and most of what we do is free marketing. So social media, um, Facebook, anything we can do uh, for cheap and to, to reach a lot of people because that's just what you you do as a small business and a small brewery. But, um, you know, it's funny. We, we do a lot of um, concerts now. We've been really building up this okay. room as a concert venue. Um, like we've got some really great brand, great bands coming this fall, including two nights of Yonder Mountain String Band in November. So, people check it out; it's gonna be sick. <laughs> um, we we do like grass, literally grassroots marketing. So I've been sending some staff to like um, we haven't hit Fishers yet, but uh, Zionsville, Carmel, Broad Ripple, Fountain Square, IUPUI, anywhere in the anywhere in the area where we think we can reach some people with posters, literally posters, we just put them up and um, hope that people see them. But um, we do it all for free. So I guess if you're not on social media, you, you see it on untapped sometimes. Normally we would have, you probably are on untapped or hopefully, but I guess not, doesn't really matter. But um, we will put those up, you know, things are, things are getting released, concerts coming up. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. So we don't spend a lot of money on marketing. A lot of it is word of mouth. A lot of these events are like just local people that know about it, know it's coming up. So. It's, it's something I've noticed uh, since we got back into this, because when we quit doing the podcast in 2019, you know, 2020, everyone sat at home and we weren't doing anything anyways. Right. 2021, I took a year off from drinking uh, just to challenge myself. Uh-huh. And then ever since I've come back, the one thing I've noticed is I'm so far out of yeah you know just knowing what's going on anymore right. and you know dustin's usually one who's like this is happening this is happening mm-hmm. and i'm just like how the hell do you see all this right like okay. even if i get on facebook for well, five, how, 10 how minutes, do you see it? like well, that's a good question I mean, it's a great I work question in the industry oh that's right so, you do yeah um, yeah so it helps you keep i get stay in tune targeted yeah. ads to me because right. i post about the beer industry mm-hmm. everywhere right because i work in that industry so yeah. i get a lot of things that just probably show up in my feed that don't show up in other people's feed because of that. Yeah. But I also do my best to try and support the breweries and the wineries and the meaderies and all that, that I appreciate what they're doing as a whole, because if you don't, they're going to go out of business. Yeah. Because like, if you don't come here and spend money, nobody, you can't keep brewing beer. Yeah. So while I know that you guys are doing just fine, it's still good to send people here because the beer is good. Oh, absolutely. The atmosphere yeah. is great. Yeah. The environment is perfect for indoor, outdoor. Yeah. Uh, food's great. So it's one of those places where people are like, you know, where should I go? Yep. Well, do you want to drive to Whitestown? Do you want to drive to uh, Monticello? Do you want to, you know, mm-hmm. do you want to go downtown to Kismetic? Same yep. concept. Like, I know the beers are good, so I know I'm not sending them to a buzzsaw. For sure. Yeah. Where well, I've that's a one, big part of one it. One good beer. I mean, that's what's. That's what's happening. It's interesting that you say that too, because, uh, or say that you're like out of touch and don't and don't really know about what's going on. I think that's it's it's a reality, but it's also a problem because I would venture to say, well, I know most breweries are small like mine or like this one, um, and most of them are not paying a lot or doing a yeah. lot or don't even have a marketing person. Yep. Um, our event coordinator does some of our marketing too, um, but. It's like either you're really, really tapped into it, or you're just you're just not, you know. And and obviously you'll you'll know about like going back, like Sam Adams, you'll know all about it, right? 
because they have all the money to do it. But most small breweries, even the ones you mentioned in Indiana, like they they're not putting anything out there. Like, yeah, it's just word of mouth. It's the communities yeah. that support them, you know. Um, so one thing that really came to mind as soon as Matt asked how you market, my brain was for this, like how do you get the word out that you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, so Ash and Elm is a great example for this. I was at the Fisher's, uh, mark, uh, the Fisher's uh, Farmer's Market. Mm-hmm. And Ashenum was there sampling yep. and selling uh, four packs. Yep. That to me would be a great use of like if you guys have a Saturday where you could go to a local farmers market that isn't yours. Totally. And talk to the people that are there and be like, hey, we also do this market here at yep. the brewery. Come check us out for sure. But you know, and and for us that that reminds me too. It's beer fest, right? Yep. Like on Saturdays, that's where we go. Um, like we'll be. Oh, next week we have two. We have Whitestown Beer Fest on Saturday, and we're at the Chicken and Beer Fest downtown. Okay. So want to definitely do the one downtown because, to Matt's point, like we want to reach people that don't even know probably that we exist, you yep. know. Um, and the following week we have like Way Out Beer Fest at Pax Virum. So uh, it's a lot of that too. That's free marketing for yep. sure. That so gets be- in front of beer drinkers, um, and we get burnt out on them, no doubt. Yeah, but beer fests it, are, it's a different animal, and we just did a podcast episode about how the beer fests are slowly, like, they're either dying or they're getting smaller with more unique things. Agreed, and I but think they should. Um, if if it were me, and that's why I don't work in this industry, <laughs> like, the actual behind-the-scenes part yeah, of this industry, yeah. to me, the people that I would want to target are the the farmer's market people because brewer brewery people me matt we know about you guys we know you exist yes but these people who are going to spend local money at Mm -hmm. local farmers Mm -hmm. markets are more likely to want to spend local money at local breweries i agree so that's to me more worthwhile but that's just no i totally agree with you 50 percent here 50 percent there but and that's the reason we brought this market to us too um to, to give to give some of these local vendors some exposure too, but um, to bring people in that would go to markets and things that yep. come here that maybe not wouldn't come to Moontown on a Sunday, right? So for sure, um, no, I think that's a great idea. And even for um, beer fests, like we, there's so many of them, <laughs> and right. if you can't do them all, and if you do as many as you can, which we still try to, um, we just do so much all the time but um you just get burnt out on them, you know <laughs> like you just don't want to do them anymore well and what uh, do you take right like what beers do you take because what market is gonna like, what are they gonna bite on and like, it's hard to see like what the roi is it's like okay we're going to pax beer and we want to support for sure a brewery that's putting on their own beer fest yeah and we want to go out to a market that's kind of out it's definitely out of our out of our that's up market, by me. But yeah. Um, and it's a really cool beer fest. But um, again, like, I don't know how many people are going to come to Moontown because they saw us at PAX Virum Way Out Beer Fest, you know? But um, again, free marketing, you, you, you still got to do it. If you're not doing it, you, I feel like you're going to be behind as a small brewery with no marketing budget, right? And so, no real distro, right? Like, no, no. We just distribute to golf courses. That's it. 
Yeah, I, I literally, during, so you guys, I We hope to distribute more. Far too much money with during right COVID. Because uh, <laughs> I lived over on this side of town during COVID, and mm-hmm. you guys and uh, Daredevil, I spent a ton of money because they yeah. were all doing the carryout stuff, mm-hmm. but you guys released by far my favorite hazy that's ever come out of the state of Indiana during that COVID time. The Annie 2 oh, yeah. with the honey was stupid. Yes, good. Annie 2 and Annie 3 were both excellent. We remade Annie 2, um, but yes, man, those Just were so good. We had a lot of time to sit some, and think. Something and, was special about that beer. Like, <laughs> yeah, tinker around. So, But, yeah, so speaking of hazies, um, the last beer that we have here that was released today is another Parks and Pints. Um, so walk us through this one. Yeah. And kind of what it is and what makes it unique to you guys. And uh, how, I guess how are the parks involved? Yeah, so I will I'll try to keep it uh, pretty short because this is one that we – we love doing it's really special to us um 2021 we me we being cody and i came up with uh, a pints for parks series so um we were like let's make beers for the state parks and give back a portion of the proceeds back to the indiana state park system there's a really finite amount of land in indiana left um how can we do us in a small way help preserve that um and that's just, you know, outside of making beer, like we love to be outside. We love to explore Indiana. And also, um, you know, back to just, you know, making people aware. Indiana is so much more than cornfields and uh, really that's it. Like there's just southern <laughs> Indiana is is amazing. And there's there's so is northern Indiana. There's a lot of cool things to it. And the state parks are uh, a big part of, of what make Indiana unique. Um, so... We had to go through some some things with the state park system, uh, just be, just because we're putting beer or alcohol with yep. uh, the state parks. But we got with a guy um, who's the executive director of the Natural Resources Foundation. Um, they're directly um, w- they directly work with the Indiana State Parks. Um, his name is Jody Cress, um, and he he was really into it. Thought it was a great idea. Got everything checked off and, and cleared for us to do it. So uh, we started that in 2021. Uh, the first one was McCormick's Creek. Okay. It's the first state park, and we're going through every single state park in Indiana. Uh, I believe there's 31 of them. In order? Of in like... order, from oldest to newest. Oh, that's okay, cool. That's cool. Um, and then we're going to go on to, like, state reservoirs, any state properties, forests, things like that. We're even going to do, like, Good animals, old birds. What, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good old guys. Yeah. Um, I live is, right on guys. So, so is, is Mounds, is this the one for the one in Anderson? So Mounds is in Anderson, yeah. Okay. So this is number nine. So this is the ninth. I swear there's one down in, like, Liberty, Indiana called Mounds, too. Uh, there might be some some Native American burial grounds down there, which are all mounds. I'm gonna have it to could look be. this up because it's where um, we go camping literally every year. It's Quaker Quaker. Is that close Town. to Anderson? No. no. Oh, okay. No, Liberty's Liberty? down like Brookville, Indiana. Oh, okay. Way well, down south. It, it could. I mean, there's well, southeast. There's definitely more that than one just one. That might not be a state park. It might be like a no. It's a st- local park. No, <laughs> it's, a, it's a state park. Um, off the no, shades, shades is in Green, then yeah. over to uh, like Crawfordsville area. There's two down there. There's it's Quakerstown and Mounds. Okay, um, <clears throat> so well, this, this one is Mounds State Park. It's um, in Anderson, but it's 
I have the list of the state parks here. So <laughs> yeah, we looked it up, and I was like, oh, I wonder if this is the one I go to. And then what came up was Anderson. I'm yeah, like, all right, right, well, then what do I go to? <laughs> well, again, like there's, there's <laughs> I know it's obviously mounds, a lot more mounds and burial grounds all yeah. over the state. So it could just be something like that. And but, uh, I know it's a state park because I have the state park pass, and it gets me, me in. <laughs> So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it, it might be. There's there's probably state parks that have more. Yeah, there could be uh, burial grounds there, but um, <laughs> mountains too. Juicy Boogaloo is <laughs> is coming up, dude. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, anyway, yeah, this is so we try to do every other one a juicy hazy IPA. Um, they're super popular. They sell really well, and um, it kind of helps us to not get into like brewer's block and just make new beers. So for every beer. It's been something new, like, um, shoot, what was, uh, Spring Mill was the first Colse we did. So we were like, oh, we've never done a Colse. Let's do it for a Pines for Parks beer. Um, and that went over really well, and now here we are making another Colse. So, so that's like, uh, is this like what you would call your like pilot series almost? Like where uh, you're more interested to explore or more open to kind exploring? Kind of, yeah. I mean, you do it on a bigger scale, of course. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, like for one of them, like every other one, we do an IPA. For Brown County, we did a brown IPA. That's right. Um, it medaled at the state fair this year, too, which was cool. Um, just ha- again giving people awareness of our state parks and how many we have like people would never know we have 30 state parks in indiana most people would have no clue right or have it would know like turkey run and maybe a handful of others yeah you know the big ones yeah um but like we the last one we just did was shackamack down by uh down by Terre Haute. yep um it's like known for its fishing lakes and ponds and things it's like i grew up in greencastle very familiar with shackamack i didn't i didn't know what shack (laughs) i didn't you know i didn't know what it was but it gives us reason to go and find new places in indiana too and explore more so So do you is your goal to go to every single one of them yes absolutely that's badass and we're you know i'm not even close i'm probably at 10 state parks that i've been to say i've probably been to 10 or 12 here Uh, but again it it, and the lakes too like there's just there's a lot more um state-run properties than we than a lot of people know about because i don't think so there's cataract and uh lieber that are the two lakes that i'm super familiar with there okay uh because that's where i grew up and wakeboarded and all that Mm -hmm. but we lived on Eagle Creek. Now we moved to live on Geist. So yeah. it's just yeah. water. If I'm stuck in Indiana right now, I'm going to be as close to water as Definitely. possible because I can't see a mountain in Indiana. Yep. So you yep. got to go with what you got. Absolutely. For sure. Um, but this one is Citra, Mosaic, and Strata Hops. So we've kind of made for the IPAs in this series, we've made kind of a base uh, malt and yeast profile. And then we just change our hops up for each one. That's basically what we do. Um, well, this one turned out really nice. I'm a big fan of this one. This one, it smells so dank that I love every it's single very dank, yes. Yeah, It smells super dank, which you don't get with this, like, hazy very often. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of, we uh, we bucked the trend, which is funny because the, the original uh, hazy IPAs did have bitterness. If you go back and drink a, uh, really anything from the Alchemist Brewery in Vermont, like, you're going to get bitter a bitter IPA. Heady yep. Topper is a bitter IPA. Yeah, it is. But um, people don't... It, and people yes. people will say, that's not a good... Like They'll say it's not even in, to style. And it's 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 crazy to us where we're like, they're the ones who made the style. How could you say right. this is not... Well, because style, they go to so. Treehouse. They think of Treehouse where it's just zero, zero IBUs. IBUs yeah. yeah, and that's really, you know, un- I think, unfortunately, what a lot of breweries are doing. 
uh, with IPAs. There's just no, there's just no bitterness, and their IPAs are bitter, man. That's just that's that's what we believe. So well, that's what it was made uh, for, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. To ship further, to live yeah, longer, for to sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, we've just gotten there's just so many beer styles where we've gotten away from the original, but even this is nothing like the original IPAs, but. Well, I mean, um, it's nothing compared to the Berliners now, so. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, this is dank, man. It's got bitterness, It's, but it still has a lot of those fruity, juicy characteristics that people are looking for in a hazy IPA. It's got so. that pillowy mouthfeel that I want in this style, too, which is the important part. What do you think, Matt? I, I like it. Um, I know big... Uh, <laughs> That's a Matt review right Big there. Review. I like it. If I, if I, I like, like it, that you like it. Yeah. If I, I mean, I'm a simple man. I either <laughs> like it or I don't. Like yeah, I can yeah. sit here and try and tell you why I like it or don't like it, but sure. nine times out of ten, I'm just talking out my ass this at that just, point. This just <laughs> reminds me of like the height in Indiana of these hazy styles. Yeah. Something about the profile of the flavors here reminds me of when like. You guys were killing Cecil and Annie, and yeah. Indiana City was mm-hmm. still making their hazies yeah. with their good brewers, mm-hmm. and just it was cool to see. And then Daredevil jumped in with their hot, their like pilot series yeah. that they did. Yeah, I, I I always liked those. Yeah, it just it's something unique about. It's probably the water or heat, something in Indiana, but there's a like I could pull out. Indiana hazies. Yeah. If you were to line them up next mm-hmm. to other hazies, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably an yeah. Indiana hazy. Well, I sure. feel like a lot of it is the bitterness. Like, it is, after yeah. you kind of talked about that, like, yeah. I didn't really know that that was kind of a trend. I don't drink a lot of these. Mm-hmm. And knowing that that's a trend, it's like, oh, okay, because you you do get the bitterness out of this. Yeah. Definitely. But it's also, like you said, it's it's very, and when you say juicy, it's that, that kind of like fruity, like, if you, you know, you smell orange juice or cranberry juice, whatever. Yeah. Like you kind of just know what that is when you mm-hmm. drink it. It's, I'm not. Yeah. I'm tropical not, fruit. Yeah. Um, I'm not good enough at like trying to, to, uh, you can just say stone fruit say, and get away with it all. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like yeah, when you sure. drink it, it's like, it is a weird thing to get out of beer mm-hmm. because nothing else really does that. Yeah. And, and it's weird to put juicy in front of something. Mm-hmm. And like, like I try and put myself in like a 21 year old shoe. And they're coming in, and they're like, what the fuck is a juicy, hazy IPA? And right. then you taste it, and they're like, okay, I know what juicy means now. Definitely. I don't know why yeah. it does that, yeah. but I know what they mean yeah, by it. Yeah, that's all, you know, the, the juicy characteristic is the is the hops and yeast playing together. That's that's really what's giving you. There's there's yeast that are developed just to make hazy IPAs. They help, yeah, they help stay. Ye- they, help, they help <laughs> oats and high protein uh, grains stay in suspension and give haze in the beer, but they also accentuate the juicy characteristics of, of different hops, right? And there's there's certain hops that go much better in hazy IPAs than do it in West Coast or British IPAs or whatever. Um, so there's a lot of things that have been developed just to make them, but ours should really be like. Juicy, hazy, bitter IPA is what ours should is what ours should say. Dank, baby. You say um, dank, dank in all your IPA. stuff. It so should just like, be yeah. dank. Just, that's, yeah, I totally. Like that's, man. that's your and that's what we that's go for, you guys. That's what like, we go for. Keep it dank. That's yes. your slogan. Like absolutely. To me, maybe we should just. This is just a new style, and it's dank IPA. Hazy that's dank. <laughs> just dank IPA. I'm in. Uh, I'm gonna talk to Cody about that. But I, I feel he, like uh, I feel like Sweetwater might want to have a word. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so they'd probably be like, "That's cool. Let's make a beer together." I'd be like, "Let's <laughs> let's do it." Who who do you guys buy your yeast from? Is it uh, uh, White, White Labs? Labs. Yeah, yeah we are um, very loyal to White Labs. Yeah. They, they, it's a great product. So yeah, um, 
yeah, we love their stuff. We've we generally use oh man, I'd say nine IPAs out of ten. We use one certain White Labs yeast, but we've experienced. They have some other uh, really nice yeast that that do well with hazy IPAs too. Not so. to go too far down the rabbit hole, uh, but do it. Uh, do you guys? generation your yeast and like cultivate it out no or do we, you we do fresh just one pitch, pitch every time okay fresh pitch every so time like a it makes g our, per uh or a thousand g per it's a, yeah, i don't know how big your system whatever, is here. uh whatever like a liter of okay. yeast is i don't know that those those grams is it dry there, or wet yeast when it's you wet it in? Okay. yeah yeah it's it's like a liquid yeast um Got it. but um yeah white labs is is legit man we've tried some other stuff too but we just really white like labs white tends labs. to be the the one that I hear the most mm-hmm. on my day to day, and yeah. I talk to Cody's all day long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, we we prefer a uh, dry yeast for our lagers. So for the most part, I mean, we'll we'll try anything within reason as far as I'll do anything once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As far as yeast go, but um, yeah, generally dry yeast for our lagers, um, and then white labs liquid yeast for ales and ipas so uh i know you got to go and chat with them so uh my i guess my like last real question here is is there anything that people should be aware of that's coming up other than oktoberfest because i know that's huge for you guys it is yeah uh but anything else that's cool unique uh you'll be Um, at things like that definitely uh i mentioned some of those beer fests will be at uh a good a good handful uh in the next you know few months this fall uh, really great concerts coming up. So August 17th, we have a jam band from L.A., Circles Around the Sun. They're fantastic. They're, like, pretty Grateful Dead-inspired, but a little more on the, like, funky side. They're really, really good. Um, and then September, two weeks before our Oktoberfest party, which is September 30th, we have a bluegrass band called the Little Smokies. Uh, they're up and coming. They're fantastic. Again, like, we just have a lot of good stuff coming up. And then... Um, October, we'll have a really fun Halloween party. Um, and November, Yonder Mountain String Band, big bluegrass jam band from Colorado. Two nights of them, Friday and Saturday night um, in November. So uh, a lot going on coming up. And then I have a baby in September as well coming up. So that's a big one for me. Oh, man. So, uh, September, specific due date, like mid, late, 22nd early? is okay. the due date, yeah. So. And we just, I just had a knee, I just got a niece that was six weeks early that was like, that was, it was wild. Oh, really? Like wow. five pounds on the nose. Wow. Yeah. And she's super healthy now, but yeah, still good. a scary, good. Like, oh, yeah. scary shit. I mean, our kid was two weeks early and I was still scared mm-hmm. shitless whenever he was two weeks early, yeah. but he was <laughs> eight pounds, like nine ounces or no, yeah. nine pounds, eight ounces when he wow. was born two weeks early. It's huge, man. Yeah, he was a huge imagine kid. If, imagine if it went all the way to the due date. Yeah. My <laughs> like wife would have been like, no, I pass. <laughs> like, yeah. just, just cut me open, please. Thank you. Yeah. I'd say, um, well, we got like a uh, little over a month and a half. My wife's, my wife's ready. I'd say. So <laughs> I, yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> don't want, don't want it coming. Do coming you know early, boy but, or girl? No, nope, not okay. finding out. We didn't find out with her first so not okay. finding out with this and you have either. a daughter now right? yeah okay. daughter yep she just turned three so. what's her name margo okay yeah yep so uh do you have, do you have names picked out for boy and girl we do okay yeah. uh yeah uh, you'd be this this goes with our our beer uh discussion if it's a boy uh his name would be cecil i was gonna ask if yeah. it was gonna be cecil literally yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's where my yeah, I was cecil's like, my cecil? grandpa um so it's that too but it you know it's funny it is like our 
flagship beer so um, yeah. Um, yeah and my wife's all in on board with it so it's great man no, yeah. I, nice. I think it's a unique enough name but people can also spell it so my kid's name's roman oh yeah that's cool we went, so we were bouncing back between a bunch of names but when my when my grandpa passed like a month before roman was born oh yeah yeah Charles was my grandpa's first name. He went by Sonny, but yep. Charles was what his name was. And I was like, all right, we're going to name, middle name is going to be Charles. So that really eliminated a bunch of other names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't make like Billy Charles. Right, right. <laughs> That's not cool. Like <laughs> Roman Charles is the most regal name. Roman's a sweet <laughs> name, man. I like that for sure. So I, as soon as he goes to school, like school school, I'm, my goal is to to get him to say only my homeboys call me Rome from Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and if we have a girl, I gotta say that too, because I'm not just hoping for a boy. If we have a girl, it'll be Violet, um, and I feel like I am doomed to have nothing but girls. So uh, there's a that lot of that out there. Happen. My yeah. brother-in-law has three daughters, yeah. and my other brother-in-law just had a daughter. So I was like, we're just gonna carry the only boy in the family. I know, man. I feel I like had, I'm due for a boy, but I had knows? five sisters, so I know what that feeling's yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. So I have your a dad was fine. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, different dad. It, well, girls are taking over, man. There's just yeah, I mean, technically it was two different dads, but it was still more than five, you know, five girls and a boy total. Wow, yeah. More than yeah. you know, girls are taking over. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. By 2024, I believe the like estimated percentage of collegiate graduates will be like 58% girls. Oh, yeah. I mean, almost every college is more female than male at this point, so... Anyway, that's a, that's yeah. a discussion yeah. for another day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we could probably talk for hours, right? Well, well thank, this has been fun. Yeah, thank you for hopping on and telling us more about these beers for and sure. uh, yeah. more thank about this market. Coming. Yeah. Yeah, this is really cool. I like these kind of like little markets. Not everything is uh, you know, for me in particular, but I did find some uh some smoked salt and some spice rubs to buy, so Nice. Cool. Yeah. There's something for everybody at Absolutely. these kind of places. Absolutely. Yeah. And um yeah, we will I think these will really keep growing, and um, yeah, we we really enjoy doing them. And just to pair them with the with the beer tappings is was a good I think was a good idea. Look, so. if you if you take somebody to the Fishers Farmers Market, you let me know, and I'll I'll go there and pour beer with them. All right, yeah, no, I, those <laughs> are down. those are great, man. I mean, the, these small markets they're just getting more and more popular. Like every town has them, every county has them. You just see them a lot more nowadays. Winter markets inside. First time, so. first time we went to the Fisher's Market was two weeks ago, and but we just get so busy on the weekends. I know, yeah, because it's kid, kid, yeah. kid. Take the yeah. kid to see the grandparents. Take the yeah. kid to the X Y Z for sure. And we were like, hey, we have a weekend where we're not doing anything. Let's go to the Fisher's Farmers Market. Yeah. The kid went. I bet it was great, had, too. It was fantastic. They yeah. had all kinds of great things, and I was like, oh, shit, Ash and Elm's here? I'm going to just grab some 7th yeah. because it was great. We sell nothing but their cider, by the way, and we sell a ton of it. Dude, they, yeah. Love uh, Ash and Elm, man. Joseph's they're, a great brewer. They're brewer, legit. Cider maker? Ciderist? I don't know. Yeah, whatever, whatever a cider maker is called. Yeah. But Joseph's great. You guys should do a collab with them. I've loved every collab that they've ever done for the nice. beer world. Yeah. Uh, they just did one with Kismetic and made a Grisette. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and they've done two or three with other. They did one with uh, Indiana City when they were around and a few others. Um, so definitely if you are interested in the collab game, uh, yeah. go there. Yeah. Final question that I have for you, really. Okay. There's a Flix beer out there. Did you work yes. with Flix for oh, that? Oh, that's a collab. You, you just talked about collabs. Yeah, that was a uh, three-way collab um, between us, Flix, and uh, Black Dog. 
Okay. In uh, Mooresville. So we did, it was, it was for the um, new Indiana Jones movie that just got yep. released. And we've become buddies with specifically them. Just, I don't know, just going to. That's what happens when you win gold medals yeah, and they win gold medals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've become buddies in that way. And um, so we did the, the base pale ale. Um, we did a, it was all the same recipe, just stepped up a little bit. So we did the base pale ale. Um, Black Dog did the IPA, which technically became a double IPA. Because Jason, you can't make a single IPA, dude. Make make a single. Quit making doubles, man. I'm just kidding. Uh, and then um, Flix made the double IPA version of it. So they were all really good. Ours is Raiders of the Lost Haze. Black Dogs is Temple of Haze, all after Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. And um, Flix was the Haze of Destiny. God, it blows my mind how good Flix is here as a brewery. I know. It's yeah. just mind blowing. It's wild. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, Jesus, can you guys stop well, winning Josh, golds? It's just Josh, like, man. He's just, can you guys just stop winning awesome. medals and let other people win one? I know, man. I know. <laughs> it's like we were we were doing well, and then somehow Flix just well, they were, started uh, blowing us out of the water. We're like, we got to catch up with you guys. They were like number two on a list recently uh, where they got second at, yeah. like, was it World Beer? or it was? Uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't World Beer Cup, but it was, it was one of the big ones. It was the ones. bigger ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Them and uh, Sun King. I think, I think Sun King was on high. there, yeah. too, yeah. Yeah, we, sure. we did a little report over that, but nice. No, for sure. Thanks for having us. It's yeah. been a Thank fantastic you, time. I appreciate it. It's I I love sending people here. I love coming here. It's just you guys, Matt and I were talking about a little bit. There are six beers right now on the board mm-hmm. that my grandpa would come and drink. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like if he was still styles, if he were man. still here with us, he would yeah. literally come here and drink all six of them. Absolutely. Because he was a Miller High Life in the refrigerator all the time. Nice. All the time. Yep. Yep. And we went and drank uh, Miller High Life cans uh, for Father's Day last year or two years ago at his graveside and put one on there. That's and cool, man. Drove his That's really cool. 72 Stingray Corvette to the awesome. gravesite. Love Just, that. That's such a great way up. to I picked it up somebody. To, I picked the car up, and I, was, I told Dad, hey, get outside. I'm going to come pick you up. And so, I'm, like I said, I live in Fishers. My parents live in Green Castle. Mm. Not an easy trip. Yeah. But so I went to my grandma's house, grabbed the Corvette, and then went and grabbed dad wow. and was like, let's That's go. So cool. Let's go down here. We're going to go. Incredible. But it's just that kind of stuff to me is huge because yeah, you definitely. Don't, you're in a market where you have to have that. No doubt. So, yeah, but, no doubt. Our yeah. area, yeah, we get a lot of people asking for that style of beer. So we're like, why don't you try the traditional uh, Budweiser, which would be closest to like King of Troy, you know? So we have a lot of those. Um, those beers for those people that ask for that kind of stuff. So. Damn it! Now I want it to be called Troy Heavy. <laughs> yeah, I know. We've been we've been talking about KOT Light too, just to make a like a, people that want Bud Light. So MT Budweiser, like here you go. Empty yeah. heavy and empty light. Empty heavy, empty light. <laughs> Everything's empty now. <laughs> hey man. All right. Well, thanks for stopping yeah. by. Thank go you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for event. thanks for coming, man. It's, no, it's uh, been a blast. It's been a good time. So. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers. All right. So you know. That was a I'm glad Bobby came down here and uh, talked with us, talked to us more about these beers, about the market. I do think that marketing thing is pretty difficult to do. You know, we run into it too because yeah. you got word of mouth and then you have social media. And like, you know, we're not super active on Facebook. We don't really do Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it nowadays. Instagram's kind of it for the moment. You know, we have a Threads account, but nobody really uses Threads. Um, 
it's, it's just, tough. It's it's really hard because I know how to do it all, and I used to do it. But then I get to the point now where I get off work, and I'm like, I don't want to look at a computer. Yeah, there's that part of it, too. Um, I don't mind trying to sit down. It, it is kind of hard to schedule a lot of stuff. There's not really – I feel like a lot of the good – like a websites, yeah, that used to kind of let you do that. Either they all went pay, or you know, like Twitter doesn't even give you API access anymore, so you can't use those kind of brands. And they Damn own TweetDeck. They own TweetDeck, and you can't really, if I remember reading right, you really can't use TweetDeck anymore because they removed the APIs. So it's it's a it's a baffling situation out there, but. It did. It did bring up some ideas that uh, discuss off air. Things that I, I've I've kind of noticed the way that I kind of am, the way that I get my information nowadays, I think is is quite different than it used to be. Um, quite different than maybe what uh, our parents are going to see. People who spend way more time on social media than say what uh, we do nowadays. Yeah. But yeah, let's uh, let's kind of finish out this. This conversation, we'll talk a little bit more about the other places that are here. He mentioned 10. We have eight. I have eight cards. I don't know if maybe I don't have cards for everybody or there's vendors outside (laughs) that I didn't go up to. Yeah, we haven't been outside yet. So there may be a vendor outside. But uh, we talked a little bit about Big Belly brand, um, our Big Belly rubs. Um, We also talked a little bit about JJ's bows and crafts. And I will say we just talked to them a little bit more. Uh, the Big Belly Rubs, uh, we went and had a good conversation with them because uh, I was curious as as someone who does a lot of smoking and, and stuff, you know, how did you come up with your own brand? How did you differentiate it? And uh, I will say this. He sat there and told me about this uh, beef rub that he has that is basically black. And your first thought when looking at it is like, well, that's a lot of black pepper. And I'm not a big black pepper guy. Um, if there's way too much, I do not like it. Um and he was like, yeah, there's there's charcoal in this. And so it gives it a better crust. And I was like, sold. Like, you told me it gives a better crust. Like, I'm 100% going to try this. And if it works, I'm going to buy it again. Because especially when I do, like, like pork, uh, pork shoulder or pork butt, like, that's really what you want. I'm not a big brisket guy. I don't make briskets because they're, they're way too expensive. And I'm the only one who eats this stuff in my house. So... Pork shoulders are nice and easy, and if I can get a better looking, you know, uh, crusted crust pork, out yeah. of it, oh, hundred percent. So we're gonna we're gonna give that the old test uh, this week because plan on making some some pulled pork for uh, for a little cookout I'm having next weekend. So uh, jumping to one of the next people that's here, uh, she is an artist, a mixed media artist. It is uh, Caitlin Hoffman. And her at on Instagram is Kate, K-A-T-E, creates 920. She has some really dope hand-created stickers, uh, some also like like hand-vectored or illustrated drawings over there. But there's something super special about her. To be fair, it better be a damn great business card if this is your life. But something special about the like texture of this business card is really just mind-blowing. And it's well thought out. So if you're looking for something hand-drawn or like vector art or illustrated, check her out. It looks like a really cool place. Um, I walked by. I might go buy a sticker. I love stickers. I've got places for stickers. So um, 
not much to talk about so much there other than if you're looking for some really dope artistic things, check her out. Um, again, that's Kate Creates at or Kate Creates 920 on Instagram. And then uh, we got another one here. This one is also right in front of us, and they also make a lot of uh, rubs smoked sea salt, which is kind of big. Uh, this is Margot Salt and Crafts, Margot Renee, and uh, let's see here. Uh, that, uh, Instagram and Facebook is at Margot Salts and Crafts, so M-A-R-G-O, Salts and Crafts. I spent some money with them and with Big Belly Rubs. Uh, they have a, a sweet and savory rub that smelled fantastic. And so I, I was like, all right, I'm picking this up. It was like 7 bucks for a 4-ounce bag. And then they also had this bourbon sea salt, smoked sea salt, that smelled amazing. As a big bourbon fan, uh, definitely going to try that. I've not actually tried to smoke sea salt before, and seeing the different amounts that she has... I will say some of the I didn't enjoy the smell of like some of the just straight uh, sea salt and smoke varieties, and that's not to say that that what she did was wrong. I I didn't like uh, the way it smelled. You don't know how long the bottles, the smelling bottles, have been sitting out. Yeah, um, you know how often are they. Are they redone? Things like that, you know. So I don't. I'm not sitting here trying to like shit on anybody, uh, but you know, when I smelled it, I was like, eh, I, I'm not really sure about these. But that bourbon one smelled amazing, and then the the rub I got smelled even better. Dude, those the salts. If you uh, sit a like nice thick steak out and then put that bourbon salt onto it, oh, it's and gonna let be it, amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. We we bought bourbon salts from a local place in Asheville when we were there and Curtis and I put it onto the open fire grill and holy Jesus. Yep. Big fan of uh, dry brining myself. Yep. So I do it with just regular salt. I don't, I, don't I do go, too. So I don't I, go super heavy, but I, I usually use general salt, like, yep. tr- like table salt, but I, uh, we were at this lo- local market and I was like, well, that sounds fucking awesome. Let's yep. do that. Um, Next in line here, uh, we have Blue Wind Glassworks. This is uh, a place that Bobby mentioned. Yep, uh, he is... mentioned buying a tobacco pipe from yep. them. They are out of Zionsville, Indiana. Glass art, pipes, pendants, and more. Um, on Facebook, they are Blue Wind Glass. And on Instagram, they are Blue Wind Glass Works. But it looks like they've got some cool necklaces, uh, some really cool looking like tobacco pipes, uh, so to say, and look like some really cool corked off jars that I don't know what their intended purpose is, but all of me wants to grind fresh coffee, put it in that, seal it, then put it in the morning, have like fresh ground coffee that was ground last night. Oh, and those like... Little like vials? Yeah. Huh. But... That that's really, I mean, to be fair, it, it's necklaces and like pipes is for the most part what I see, but it looks really well done. Bobby's thing was cool, um, so if you are into the glass work, uh, check them out. So what do we got here? Next one is wreaths wreaths by Heather. Okay, so this is Lady, right in front that of we us. We can literally see uh, as well. So. 
Uh, wreaths by Heather, uh, and that is, there's nothing else on here. So if they have an Instagram or any social media, um, they didn't put it on this card. Um, wreaths by Heather at gmail.com. Uh, they do make their wreaths, uh, basically like stuff you'd put on your door. And so. Yeah, seasonal wreaths. Yeah. Think, uh, they prob- Merry I would Christmas. Am- and I would imagine they do some custom stuff, you know. Things that uh, you you could probably go buy at like Hobby Lobby, but you know obviously this would be custom made things. Uh, I mean they're pretty cool. I'm not a, a I'm not a huge reef person myself. I'm um, not. my wife is though. She my, she's made a few of her own in the past, but, but we are definitely a wreath on the door at certain times of the year. But they look pretty. They family. look good on a door. Like this Marion Bright one's pretty dope right in the front. Like pretty simplistic, but nice, like Christmassy. Uh, I I think I have a soft spot for the one that has the like bow on the front here. Uh, just kind of like almost looks like Ice Queen winter version of a wreath. But if you're into wreaths, check her out. Um, don't have her social media. Sorry. I'm guessing it's uh, wreaths by Heather. But Yeah, you could probably type that in. Heather Bruce? Brace Heather Brace B-R-A-C-E So I don't know Maybe see if she's on social media I mean they look cool I give them that You know I'm not gonna sit here and say I know what quality wreath Look like Yeah Uh, But they don't Wrong group of dudes To talk about wreaths But you know You can look at something At least from a distance And be like Well that doesn't look like Complete crap Like it actually looked like you put a bunch of effort into it. Yeah, so. the spacing is done well. The like layout is done well. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, now does it hold up? I don't know. I can't prove that, but from Who knows? maybe you hang inside. I don't know. From the from the outtake, they they look decent enough. So I'll jump uh, next one here. We have uh, seamlessly bonded. Um, it is a permanent jewelry company and i've always been interested in this permanent jewelry stuff where they literally like solder it onto you or shit when you're wa- like it's like it's <laughs> Hold like on. wait what it's like a permanent thing they like fucking weld it onto you basically are you wait no i'm s- straight serious like if if you were to go over there and have her put a piece on it would be like taking this bracelet but it would literally be like bonded together it's like permanent the fuck is the point of that? I have no idea. I've always wondered myself, but we should. Talk I just to thought her. like permanent jewelry was just like a some... tattoo. No, no, I just kind of thought it was. I don't know, like a buzzword. No, it's, it's not legit. like something that is literally like I can't get this bracelet. I mean, off you could my... break it off, but it is designed to be a permanent piece of jewelry. I don't. I. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I. I have so I, many questions about that. I don't understand the purpose. I don't understand why anybody would want that. So I thought maybe it was is. like made um, with something that's like not gonna break. You know, like pre- the jewelry's not gonna break. It's you know. It looks pretty cool as far as the jewelry she has. Well, over now there. I'm gonna have to go look because I am super curious as to what um, that means. I don't know her socials here because they're all QR codes, but it, I'm guessing it's seamlessly bonded. Uh, but it's seamlesslybonded.com or seamlesslybonded at gmail.com uh, as their contact information. So it's more permanent jewelry. Uh, again, probably not the people to talk to about that, but she's had some visitors. Looks like a pretty happening booth for the most part. So pretty cool. And then the last one, 
we have here is O2 Creations. Uh, signage that builds a community, veteran-owned and operated. And they are o2creations.com. They also have a QR code, so I'm going to assume that takes you to probably like a link tree or something like what we have or their website. And uh, I did stop and look. They do they do a bunch of like kind of wood signage. They have some cool uh, like military things. Um, I asked about the the military signage because my dad is kind of big into that, being an army vet. He loves all that kind of stuff. And so I liked... I like what they have up there. So good idea for like a present or something in the future. Uh, they also did like wallets, leather wallets. So handmade leather wallets. Those look pretty cool. Um, they got some minimalistic ones uh, like what I have where there's only like six slots for cards. Yeah, me too. You know, it's not a big bifold, trifold type of wallet. So that stuff looked pretty cool. So, you know, give them a checkout. Uh, O2creations.com. So, this has been fun. We have not done anything like this in a while. I do like these markets. I like this idea. I will say as a male, I feel like there's a lot less. Surprisingly, this market's relatively male-heavy. It's really half and half. Yeah, Yeah. but most of the time, that's not the case. But here you have, I mean, pipes, meat rub, meat rub, leather, um, art could go either direction. Uh, so really, it's it's pretty heavy for masculine forward here yeah. as opposed to a lot of others where there are more places that do the wreaths and the, the jewelry and things like that. While, peop- while males may do permanent jewelry, it's not up my... I mean, I love jewelry. I have two bracelets and, and a watch on, so I don't have a problem with jewelry. It's more, I don't know that I like the idea of permanent jewelry. Yeah, no, if what you said is true, that's a that's a big no-go for me. I just know that when I've gone to a lot of these, because there's, there's some that you go to that are like half farmer's market, half like vendor, like random things set up. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's just, it's it's more geared towards women, which is perfectly fine because I'm sure that's probably what sells more in those type of situations. But I know when I, you know, when I heard about this, it was like, okay, what's, what's going to be here? Like, am I going to like anything and i i've ended up spending like 30 bucks matt's been uh, matt's bought more than i have yeah yeah like i'll i'll buy stuff man if if you got something that you know because i'll try it because if it's good then you know i got your card i got i know and where to buy it from too like that's and cool it's for local. me like yep. i i'm all about trying to support local that's why we're here um so definitely you know it's it's every first sunday so uh they probably do a first Friday event and a first Sunday event, so it's a busy week uh, for them. But come check it out. Uh, definitely check out Moontown no matter what day of the week it is. Come, enjoy the food, enjoy the beer. There's a beer for everybody here. It everybody. really is. It yeah. doesn't matter. If you're, Unless you like smoothie sours and that's it, you're not going to find a beer here. Yeah, then you know where to go. Yeah, it's not here. <laughs> so... uh that is going to do it for our episode today. We want to thank you all for listening. We want to make sure that uh, you do get out to Moontown Brewing, which is up in Whitestown, Indiana. At least come out and check them out for their beers, uh, since it is kind of hard to get their stuff outside of the tap room itself. Uh, so get up here and check out all their all their different stuff. They have it's worth so it. much on tap. Uh, it's worth so it. much guest tap. It's yeah, it's a hundred percent 
worth it. And they have good smoked meats here to eat too. Yeah, so. their food is fantastic. So it's definitely worth, and it's family friendly. So you know you can bring the family, come out to eat. Definitely worth like a like a little, um, you know, family night out for Staycation eating and stuff. If you're from Indy, like just come go up north. It's not that far. Uh, even from Fishers, it's only like 45 minutes. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, yeah. It was about an hour for me, but that was with a detour to downtown. So, you know, not that not that terrible of a of a drive to get out here, really. And uh, a lot of places you can hit along the way, uh, either here or on the way back as well, if you are brewery hopping. So it's it's not a bad way to do it. But uh, until next time, cheers, cheers, guys. <laughs>